official in the year of 2024. Now, if we follow the news closely, that we're still paying attention or much closer attention to the war in Ukraine. Now, you might be get tired of listening to the conversation whether Russia is going to win the war or Ukraine continue to need more support financially and also from this militarily perspective around the world. But meanwhile, we need to bring one of the major players in the world into our conversation, which is China, and the nation constitutes 1.4 billion people. Now, some believe that China today played a rather significant, or rather, will we say, irresponsible. A irreplaceable way when we look at the war in Ukraine, and given the fact that today China it's rather influential, not only is competing with the U.S. on many levels, but also China can be one of the good players that when we look at the war in Ukraine. But some scholars really want to ask the question: Is it time for China to take a bold step, or even we say the bigger steps when we look at the war today? Well, is China willing to do so, and if so, in what? Ways. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker, who is Dr. Vida Golod. Dr. Golod obtained her PhD in economics. She's a junior research fellow of the Modern Studies Department at the AU Krumski Institute of Oriental Studies. She's the chairman of the board of the Ukrainian Association of Sinologists. She co-founded of the Ukrainian Platform for Contemporary China. Well, Dr. Galut, and welcome to the missing piece. Thank you for having me. Well, Dr. Galut, I want to get started again. Initially, when I discovered you, because of this amazing article that you wrote, which is entitled "Is China Sincere About Peace in Ukraine?" Now, before we talk about the ongoing war in Ukraine, how about let's go back to、uh, understand a little bit more. Regarding the relationship between China and Ukraine before the war broke out, because I think it's rather crucial, important to understand the previous relationship before assessing what is happening today. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's important to say that Ukraine has 31-year history of diplomatic relations with PRC. China recognized Ukraine's independence in 1991. Just a year later,、uh, of January fourth,、uh, nineteen ninety-two, countries established diplomatic relations. Since then, Ukraine and China have signed up three、uh, hundred major documents agreements, including joint declaration of establishment and development of strategic partnership in two thousand eleven, also the treaty of friendship and cooperation between Ukraine and China. In 2013, so we have all these top-level agreements to have a strategic partnership. When I analyze the relations between Ukraine and China all way long, I usually divide the history of development into two parts: before 2014 and afterward.、Mm. Before Maidan, revolution of dignity, and afterward.、Mm. Why so? Simply because Ukraine cho- chose the pro-Western way of development, the way of democracy, costs us two revolutions and full-scale war. And we all know how uh, China uh, d- d- doesn't really like the color revolutions.、Mm. That's why it's important to say that.、Uh, 
uh, the PRC negative points of view on the color revolutions. And we can see from the official statements, the academic publications, Chinese government uh, considers the Ukrainian Maidan as a product of Western intervention. So it needed to uh, it needed some time uh, for China to transform its approach to Ukraine. Since then, even we kept our agreements and this strategic partnership, our relations have been developing mostly in terms of trade. In 19, uh, 19, uh, 2019, the PRC achieved the status of our largest trading partner. Some big Chinese state corporation opened the offices in Kiev a year before the invasion value of our contracts with China, signed by um, Chinese state enterprises in Ukraine, reached 6.6 billion, mostly in infrastructure construction. Uh, here, I'd like also to add some a few words on uh, BRI, Belt and Road Initiative. Hmm. Ukraine was the first country which joined this initiative, but only on the paper. Mm -hmm. The Ukrainian delegation attended the first BRI forum at, uh, at, at Beijing. Uh, and head of our delegation, Mr. Kubiv, delivered a speech about uh, on the readiness and uh, on to participate in the joint projects on infrastructure, energy, high technologies. But the Crimean annexation and occupation of Donbass became the biggest obstacle of the development of BRI in Ukraine. Some experts even say that China would act more intensively as a mediator of the war in Ukraine if it has more investments and businesses in Ukraine. Mm. So China has to make, uh, so far China has not made intensive investments in our country. But uh, Chinese companies started uh, to demonstrate great interest uh, to the future reconstruction project. I'm sure that uh, they will deal through European companies, getting guarantees of their investments. But it's too early to say. Hmm. Dr. Galot, I want to go back to the article again. As we know, the war continues in Ukraine. And I want to read something that you wrote. I want to um, get your further explanation. This is what you wrote, and I quote, China is watching and learning from these processes, building its peacemaking image, and the benefiting from the chaos on the international markets, buying cheap gas and oil, and helping Russia's economy with what was lost due to the Western sanctions. Now, we know that, again, you're the expert, that we study China for so long that China has never been interested in meddling with any international affairs and respect what we called a domestic sovereignty. But right now, at this moment, China is being put on the hot spot. I mean, again, given the fact that I don't want to use I want to use the phrase that you have to take take sides. But it doesn't look like that China has many options. So going back to what you said Building its peacemaking image and benefiting from the chaos on the international markets. Can you explain a little bit more? How does China continue to maintain this peaceful uh, uh, or peacemaking image and meanwhile continue to benefit and thrive on the international markets? It's a very interesting question. First of all, need to say that China sees us, sees Ukraine as a proxy war with the United States. We all know that. 
we learned this from uh, academic papers, from statements, and so on. And my articles in foreign policy that you had chance to read, I wrote it at the end of last year to summarize Chinese activity toward Ukraine in last year, in 2023. And if briefly, it was really predictable from the very beginning, China would not take the Ukrainian side. And the Western world refused Chinese official neutrality mm. and also called this neutrality pro-Russian position. But last year, we've seen some efforts China made toward Ukraine. But we've seen Russia, uh, China made more efforts toward Russia. Mm. That's why, according to Ukrainian opinion poll, more and more Ukrainians consider China a hostile country. Mm. It's a very simplistic, I know. Even I made like 100 media contribution just explaining that world is not just black and white and China has millions of reasons just to, to, to figure out how to be in this geopolitical situation, complicated geopolitical situation. But when people are dying every day, we need the solution, but not beautiful words. And from Ukrainian official side, we can see totally different position. President Zelensky and our diplomats welcome China to the peace talks. Why? Ukraine is trying to keep the balance. It's the simplest answer. And avoid worst case scenario. Even when I was asked why Zelensky is doing that, I always say because we don't need a new enemy. Mm. When you are vulnerable, you need all kinds of support, especially from the great powers. And I've been tracking the Chinese news and rhetoric from the very, very beginning. There was some evolution from the simple concern at the beginning, at the start of the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, to some actions. And last year, Xi Jinping made some efforts toward Ukraine, speaking with Zelensky on 26th of April, I still remember that day, and appointing the envoy Li Hui to Kiev, Moscow, Europe in May. Ukraine finally appointed the ambassador to Beijing. So it's, it's also a big step from Ukrainian side to have a good dialogue in Beijing. Li Hui attended the second Ukrainian peace summit in Jida, mm. but refused to come to Malta. Mm. And nobody from Chinese side attended the peace talks in Davos, even, was, uh, even there were invited. Chinese officials and scholars still call the war in Ukraine a crisis mm. or conflict. So analyzing the articles from, uh, from Chinese side, we can see uh, from Chinese perspective, this crisis in Ukraine is forcing the countries to choose the sides, as you said, in international system. This conflict is strengthening Jap Japan-US alliance increasing the risk of Russo-American nuclear war, intensified conflict between Russia and the West, but they do not call Russia the aggressor, the main cause of this war. The Chinese scholars refer to China only when talking about the peacemaking role in the world. Mm. So I am not sure that China is ready to, be, um, to play a constructive role but 
The very popular question, can Xi Jinping influence Putin to mm. withdraw his troops from our territory? Mm. And we don't know. We, we just can guess. He could probably, but he wouldn't do that now. Why? Because China is watching and learning from this conflict, as I said. And it's also in Chinese politics to not be involved in any military actions in the in the world. Now China pushed sides to the peace negotiations. That's the only solutions China proposed so far. I agree it could possible, but it was said many times publicly by our officials only after Russian troops left our territory. Mm. We all know Chinese-Russian relations are mostly about personal relations between Xi Jinping and Putin. And China sees itself holding this mediating role just for making this beautiful image. And when I asked my Chinese colleagues when China was going to start this play to this, uh, this role, the common answer was that bo both sides were ready to, to the dialogue mm. and wouldn't be able to continue military actions. Mm. So from, from their perspective, we need to stop fighting to win the peace. So it's very uh, devastating, I would say. And another reply, I, I need to, to say it was like shock for me. China do not simply uh, uh, would like to play this mediating role in terms of China do not supply Russia any little military aid and condemns uh, the use of nuclear weapons. That is Chinese constructive role from a Chinese scholar's perspective. I think it's a very interesting idea for consideration. Mm -hmm. And uh, the war lasted almost a year and also affected Chinese economy on its relations with EU. And Beijing rather wants to foster any resolution of this war as soon as possible for its own interest to save its economy and to save to, to, to bring some stability, but not for saving Ukrainian lives. Mm. And you ask what would be Chinese behavior uh, in 2024 in this year. I think China will continue to watch and learn from this conflict. And I'm sure China is watching the primaries in, in the US as well. And also, I'd like to emphasize that Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2022 opened a Pandora box. Mm. And we do not know what would be next. Mm. Putin wasn't punished for Crimea annexation, for Georgia, for Moldova, for Syria. So he is sure he won't be punished now. So no. it's the right, mo right moment to defeat Putin's regime. And what is our primary aim? Uh, like every single Ukrainian, every single soldier just to fight and show the unity of the whole world with the whole world mm. that's that's our primary goal now everybody who supports ukraine who live in ukraine and abroad Dr. Kolod, again, i mean yeah. you, you mentioned several good points of course it doesn't matter 
Well, it should matter where China stands, but now at this moment, the the, the reality it's very simple that we've seen people are being treated as victims. And also, that citizens are actually suffering in both countries when we look at the war in Ukraine, especially in Ukraine right now. I mean, again, we're looking at those innocent lives. So I want to go back to um, the article. Again, you just mentioned that from the Ukrainian perspective, that China should play a bigger role as a responsible global leader. But so far, it has has no effects. Now, let's talk about something more critical China's economy is facing the brick wall at this moment. And in addition to that, and we've seen that China's was uh, also facing this population decline, and also we've seen this deterioration of the uh, uh, management from the administration, etc. But don't you think will be a good card to play for China if China willing to take a step up? I mean, again, you mentioned before, Putin is not going anywhere. And also, even though he de- declares that he's not going to show up for this presidential debate, but again, there are still challengers, there are still candidates, and are willing to challenge this incumbent. So putting everything together, what are the reasons for China from withholding the position or f- from withholding to stepping forward? Don't you think that if China decide to step up, it's going to even make a better image or, you know, granted, it's going to make a, a, a ripple effects for the whole world. What do you say to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. From the Ukrainian perspective, China should play a bigger role, as you said, as a responsible global player, leader. We know from all Chinese official public speeches that China respects our sovereignty and territorial integrity, as well as all countries. Okay, it's a good statement. We can take it. And what else we can do with China? And of course, we need to understand this, the biggest rivalry all, all, all the history of human being between China and the US. And I would say that it's also in Chinese interest to build this relationship with the US, but it's not going smooth. Mm. And I was really, I was really glad when Xi Jinping um, met with, uh, with uh, Joe Biden in San Francisco. Mm. It was a tiny step toward peace. But it's still we need to talk. We need to talk with China. They need to talk with each other. And Ukraine needs to continue pushing China to sit at the same table for peace talk with us. So now Ukraine remains without trusty security guarantees. And if you remember just a month ago or two months ago, the UK uh, signed agreement on security cooperation with, uh, with Ukraine. And it was only the first step. We need more agreements like that. And we, we need to build the security policy from zero. Mm. That's why Ukraine intensified the dialogue with NATO about membership action, action plan. And it needs a long period of time to, to reach this goal. But now China could be Ukrainian, Ukrainian's nuclear umbrella. Mm. And I also said it many times. It was described in our bilateral joint declaration of 1994 and another joint declaration of establishment uh, strategic partnership in 2011. Mm. 
Instead, China just adopts a vague stance and criticizes NATO mm. and the West for adding fuel to the fire. But the bid continue to, to find compromise, mm. to, to find any solution. Another point, very important, I also mentioned in my article, global food security, mm. it's still an issue. Mm. And the most discussed topic relating to the war in, in, in Ukraine, China was the greatest beneficiary of the Black Sea Grain Initiative, getting 8 million tons of commodities in 2023. We supplied sunflower oil, uh, barley, corn, even the lost up to 40% of our state turnover, uh, turnover with China. China is still our largest trade partner. And we pushed China to play more constructive role, to help us to continue the Black Sea Grain initiative. But it didn't happen. Hmm. And the initiative was terminated. So I was asked many times about the future of Ukrainian strategy of China. Our relations with China now and after the war, mm. we don't know the war is not over, but future relations uh, definitely will depend on Chinese behavior towards this war and China's close relations with Russia. I'm pretty sure China knows the red lines and Xi Jinping refused to condemn the invasion and help Russia to save economy, but According to U.S. and uh, Br British intelligence, Chinese company Ch China do not uh, supply uh, weapons uh, to, to Russia, mm. and China try to control their companies. Don't get around the sanctions because China don't like sanctions. We know that, mm. and Chinese companies uh, also some of Chinese companies have already ended up on the sanctions list. But we need to talk. Mm. We need to push this control. And I'm pretty sure that China would do from official side, from official top level, for controlling their companies, not to sell to Russia, especially from uh, after the Biden law against uh, any kind of support uh, and control uh, by financial institutions. And we know some uh, Chinese banks banned cooperation with Russian companies. Mm. As I said, the biggest concern for millions is still the U.S.-China rivalry. And elections result in the U.S. will uh, also put everything, I think, uh, uh, reply a lot of questions. Mm. And we need more steps, like meeting in San Francisco to avoid another disaster on the planet. More steps toward peace, not to war. Of course, Dr. Golold. Again, let's talk about. I mean, before we talk about the U.S., let's uh, let me ask you one more question. Again, we know that when we look at the war in Ukraine, not only transformed the whole world, but of course, again, as we uh, mentioned over and over again, that today in the year of 2024, and no one would like to see another war, and no one would like to see more people suffering. I mean, not only physically, but also mentally and spiritually. But let's talk about, from your perspective, how do you think the war has already transformed the life and the work of the Ukrainians today? I mean, again, believe me, there are some uh, what we call polarized media 
platform some belief that Ukraine uh, can uh, should cave or Ukraine should uh, be willing to negotiate with um, Russia at this moment, or even the, some of the big media company in the West are strongly believe that at this time there's no even no point to support Ukraine anymore because the domestic issues or domestic priorities. But meanwhile, I still believe that we need to understand the war has transformed the life and work of the Ukrainians, and we need to understand the reality, and also we need to show the reality to the world continuously. So what do you think of that? Uh, I use every kind of platform to say that's not war in Ukraine, it's mm. war in Europe, that's war in the, it's a global war. Mm. Because if we, if we just, if the world just abandoned Ukraine, it will continue in other countries. And we also know about big concern from Baltic sides, from Poland side. Mm. So we don't know what would be next. And people need to know about this war in Ukraine. This war has dramatically changed the lives of all Ukrainians. The war affected everything in our lives. It's a permanent stress. Even I am not in Ukraine now. My husband, my parents, my colleagues are still there. My brother joined the Ukrainian armed forces a year ago mm. in the south of Ukraine. And it's my big concern. Every morning I check the news. I give millions calls just to make sure that everything is all right. Mm. So it's, it's a new reality. We still live in 24th or 2022. It's 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 a bigger stress in in every uh, everybody's life, and every day I tracked what's going on in Ukraine. It's devastating, mm. and I'd like to say I was among those Ukrainians who didn't believe that war wouldn't happen would happen in Europe in 21st century. I was sure we uh, we were protected by international law, but law doesn't work. Mm. In one moment, everything changed. Mm. I still remember that morning when the invasion started, that chaos on the streets, people feel fleeing uh, to the western border. It was a sad, a sad picture. It is a sad picture mm. of the real war lasting. It's been almost two years already. Mm. And I know a lot of stories of people uh, of loss, fear, depression. So. People need people need to know about all these stories mm. and every single I use every single platform to say that we need to do everything possible to avoid a new war. We need to talk more about peace, to work under all possible scenarios to preserve the peace, mm. to avoid another war. Just believe me, I not I know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> Of course, Dr. Yeah. Golod, we, we feel the sincerity and also the brevity for you to tell the truth. Now, two more questions before letting you go. Now, let's talk about this ongoing U.S. presidential election. Now, let's bring the elephant in the room into our conversation, which is Donald Trump. Now, if you, um, I don't know if you're very active on social media, hopefully not. I mean, because these days, when we follow, follow social media, we can really drive ourselves crazy to the wall. Now, Donald Trump once said that if he were to be the president, he could actually end the war between Russia and Ukraine within 24 hours. And he's able to, or hopefully he's able to, bring uh, Zelensky and also Vladimir Putin onto this negotiation table. 
Now, politically speaking, we call him bluff or we call him that's full of hot air. Or in reality, that could be something that we don't even know is going to happen. So you're the expert, Dr. Gold. Now, as a Ukrainian citizen, what do you think that if Donald Trump were to be the president, hypothetically, and his statement like he could uh, end the war within 24 hours, and also he thinks that U.S. today should take care of this domestic issues uh, um, first instead of continue sending aids to uh, Ukraine and also talk about that if the member of the NATO's does not pay the bills and, you know, uh, the Russian should actually bomb, you know, I want to be careful with the language, whatever they want. How do we make of the such a political statement or how do we make it to such attitude? Is it just because this presidential election or you think that Ukraine should actually work harder in order to continue this effort in win the war over Russia? What do you think? What do you think? I pretty believe that it's all election campaign mm. and uh, we will continue to cooperate with any president, any government, any parliament here in the mm. US. And also we pretty believe that Trump uh, also understand what's going on in Ukraine and he knows Putin very well. Mm. That's why I still trust Ukrainian nation mm. because we don't have any other choice mm. but fight and stand. But from other hand, we still have time till November. That's why we push uh, American Senate Congress to support us and to help us now that we need to do some progress on the battlefield. Mm. But we are ready to talk with any president of the United States. Hmm. Dr. Gold, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking you a very simple question. Again, based on your bio that you co-founded of the Ukrainian platform for contemporary China, we know that this is rather significant. And of course, it's rather meaningful for us to understand Ukraine and China and even the whole world. Now, from your perspective as the co-founder, why is it important for you to set up or to co-found it, the Ukrainian platform for contemporary China? What is the message and what is the uh, deeper meaning behind that? Your final thoughts. We launched that platform for contemporary China to have the dialogue with international scholars to uh, uh, to find solutions on China, on Ukrainian-Chinese relations, of China-world relations with other colleagues from other uh, institutions, from uh, the US, Europe, uh, Asia. And we launched it in May 2022. And we are doing a big effort to continue this work, even during the war. So I'd like to take this opportunity and invite everybody to join Ukrainian platform for contemporary China on February 22nd. Mm. And it would be great discussion also on mediating role of China in 2023 and what could be uh, new in 2024 mm. for Ukraine, for China, for the world, for the EU-China relations as well. It's also important. So just join our platform on February 22nd, uh, 5, uh, 3 p.m. Kiev time. Mm. And Kaiser Bo will moderate that event. So mm. everybody welcome to join. 
This sounds very exciting, Dr. Golold. Again, as will we say, that it's just because that today we're living in a very complicated world, and that doesn't mean that we should be isolated. And of course, today that we cannot afford to be isolated. And of course, I strongly encourage everyone to check out this amazing platform. It's Ukrainian platform for contemporary China. And also, of course, as Dr. Golot mentioned, that a coming event should be very exciting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite Dr. Vida Golot. Again, Dr. Golot obtained her PhD in economics. She's a junior research fellow of the Modern Studies Department, and she's the chair of the board of the Ukrainian Association of Sinologists. And most importantly, that she co-authored and also she published numerous articles regarding the ongoing war in Ukraine and also the relationship between China and Ukraine. Well, Dr. Golot, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure and we'd love to have you back on the show and we surely love to um, participate for the upcoming event and so that more people can find out and the unknown history and also, of course, the modernity of the relationship between China and Ukraine and the whole world. So thank you so much for doing this.